What is a summertime patriot? Y'all heard me use this term many times. A summertime patriot is someone who is willing to stand up for what's right and willing to take pride in their nation and stand for the rights and liberties and freedoms that we were granted just because we were born here. When it's easy. When it's popular. When it's fun. When it's cool. There are people that talk a good talk, but they do not walk a walk. When shit gets hard, they run. When it's time to make that hard call and say that hard thing. Well, it's don't rock a boat, don't cause drama. Well, surely it can't be that bad. Well, come on. They'll be better than that, won't they? And they sit there and they do nothing. And we've all been guilty of it for far too long. It's how we got to this particular part. Wake up! These are the times the dry man's souls, the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot, will in this time of crisis shrink from the service of his country. But he that stands by deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What obtained too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. We seek fellow winter soldiers, because unlike the sunshine patriots, we stand by our country. Through thick and thin, doing whatever it takes to serve it, including exposing the crimes of those in government, in order to steer it back to the right track. Let it be told that in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the city and the country, alarmed at one common danger, came forth to meet and to repulse it. The term winter soldier is contrast of the summer patriot, who deserted at Valley Ford because things got hard. We were drawing the blood red line, have to be the winter soldiers now. We could be quiet. We could comply and live peaceful lives, but we feel because of what threatens this country, the medical tyranny, the silencing of dissenting voices, not from foreign nations, but our own government, it is why we must speak and stand. Remember the final line of the declaration that we mutually pledged each other, our lives, our fortunes, and our secret honor. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It must be fought for, protected, for if trouble must come, let it come in our time, so that our children can live. Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of Witcher's Call Podcast. I am Odin. And I'm Tyr. And today we're going to talk about fear being the mind killer. Fear porn. uh, Yeah, fear porn. I just, I didn't want to put porn in the title, because some people... Look, we get enough fucking strikes as it is. Let's put it this way. We actually have like eight episodes that will never see the light of day. You know that, right? Like, I put them on and then Google and Spotify and all those other places. So I have to go in and rearrange the the counting. So we should have been well into season seven, but we're still at... Season 6, episode 30. So this will be the final episode, if it gets fucking put through. (laughs) If it gets put through. 
Hey, what can I say? We're popular. So anyhow, so uh, let let let's talk about the news first. Let's talk about. Uh, I did get some actual. I did get a few emails through our link tree. So those of you who have responded, great. This is how we communicate. They've actually asked questions about tribalism, and they wanted a really good example. And so I'm going to sit here and I'm going to address that because we don't usually get in. Uh, input so since we've got some we might as well fucking talk about it this way y'all know that i do actually check the emails and shit so all right so here's how this works ready so tribalism is very simple it and we're gonna use we're gonna use an antifa topic because i think it makes sense right the term punch a nazi right is a form of uh dehumanization slash tribalism because the whole concept can be used for the right and the left, right? It doesn't have a left-right dynamic. What Nazi actually is, is saying that as long as you are the enemy, I can do evil to you because you deserve it. And that's where we're at right now. Hence the kid who got hit uh, because who by a 41-year-old man who wasn't an extremist in and of himself, supposedly, right, just bought into the rhetoric. Well, he was drunk, right? And he bought in, and I'm not excusing, hold on, I'm not excusing the alcoholism. I'm just saying it. it's a factor, right? He was drunk. Oh, he believed the guy was, and I, I think the reason that he didn't stop to offer aid, maybe after the initial impact, was because he realized he was drunk and he was fucked. But when he got arrested, he called the cops because he didn't think he did anything wrong. And, and that he is that whole... drunk. Yeah, except for driving drunk, right? So that, that's where that whole dangerous punch of Nazi. So l- let me give you another well, example. One on that happened... Right, oh, go ahead. On the right, we have another one. How many times have you seen that mug, Punch a Kami for Mommy? Hey, that's World War II. That's fine, but we use it a lot because the people on our side like to point at the left and say, hey, look, there are a bunch of commies. Okay, fair, fair. Okay, yeah. We, we, <laughs> just we, we can go that one. It's the same. I can justify doing evil to you, hurting you, punishing you because you're the enemy. And Isn't it, isn't it more like the, the final... Like, how do you say we take it to its most logical conclusion? It's us or them, and they are not human. Yeah, that's the dehumanization. That's that's how it always works with tyrants and uh, political extremists. Is that if you don't agree with what I'm saying, uh, I can I can justify doing anything I want to because you're not human, you're evil, that type of stuff, right? That that's that tribalism that is dangerous. Now, not all tribalism is bad. I mean, you here you get a bunch of people who support a cause, and you can you can make change. Uh, Steve Day says it best, and I think I've stolen it quite a number of times. Is the whole um, we are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We're a nation of wills. When the political will of a nation is set on one thing, uh, it will go that way. Uh, which is why, and, and I. Yo, you can take civil rights, you can take slavery, you can take uh, uh, you can take the Revolutionary War, the independence. We are founded on that principle, that the will of the people, right, that whatever the will of the people is, is generally how we go. Now, for most of the time in America, that has always leaned towards the good, 
but I don't think that's necessarily a true statement right now. Uh, when you sit here and you have people joking about uh, fetuses being parasites, uh, where you have uh, uh, it's well, okay. You have Harold T. Justice making statements that Washington, D.C. is powered by the dead fetuses, and that's why they want abortion. I don't know who that is, but... I'm sorry, I heard it today. I heard it from his own mouth, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so um, <laughs> um, he's not wrong. Do you remember the abortion video that I did where it talked about that they were using human fetuses? In Seattle, the the medical waste, and they were burning it for electricity. Do you not remember that story? I know it's I know it's a bunch of months ago, but I I talked about that specific incident. Hmm. So he's not wrong. He's just like four months behind where we were, and it gets lost in the story. Kind of like uh, Russia is probably going to declare war on September 30th because Ukraine won't back down at the same dead, you know, their, their point of no return is the same as the Vatican's ultimatum to pull all their money back. <coughs> you know, one story leads to another. You just have to have that high enough view to be able to see everything. So let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, since we covered the whole, Oh, uh, another example of the uh, punch a Nazi. In Philadelphia this weekend, in Pennsylvania, a man was raided by the FBI. 13 FBI agents, or 25, it doesn't matter. They pounded on his door. They threw him in cuffs. They handcuffed him in front of his seven children and his wife. For this is the guy that was pro-life, right? Right. Now, do you know why... People should be outraged. What happened was, is that back in November of 2021, this pro-life pastor was speaking. He had brought in his 12, he had brought his 12 year old son. I'm not okay with that. Right. I mean, I get it like back in the eighties, maybe the nineties where people would stand on the sign and they would, you know, stand on the sidewalk and they would hold signs and they would sing praise and worship songs and stuff like that. In today's climate, you should be, uh, you should, you, there should be some expectation of violence just because both sides are becoming unhinged, right? So, uh, so he brings his 12 year old son. His 12 year old son is accosted by a 72 year old man. The pastor pushes the 72 year old man away and is arrested. He's not charged with anything. As a matter of fact, a 70-year-old man attempted to uh, sue him, but the judge found that he had a justification of self-defense because he was defending his 12-year-old son from an unruly 72-year-old man, right? So if that's the case, then how do they get away with arresting him? So what happened was is that Merrick Garland, the AG, decided that they were going to go after that individual. Look, I may not agree with the current political climate uh, of the Department of Justice and things like that, but to sit here and uh, you could theoretically the people who entered the Capitol and and taken stuff or thrown stuff, I can justify a raid on them. 
I don't agree with it, but you can justify it, right? Right. Just like if you believe that Donald Trump had top secret documents, you could justify that type of raid, right? I think the Mike Lindell one is stupid, but whatever, right? Because what they're trying to charge him with has changed three times since they took his phone. So it, it was just a fishing expedition. These are all signs that we're in a banana republic. But this pro-life dad, this pro-life pastor, who was found innocent in a court of law for a civil, which has a much lower bar, by the way, than a criminal. That's why they're trying to go after Trump with civil cases now, because it has a much lower burden of proof, right? So. So with the much lower burden of proof, they decide that this is not a winnable case, right? That, uh, that they should not have anything to do with it. You know, there should be, there's no case, right? For Merrick Garland to sit here and take that and to sit here and go, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to do what we want when not going after the Jane's revenge people. Who have been firebombing pro uh, uh, pro life groups and pregnancy centers, which don't technically have a you know they just want to see life. They don't have a, a political bent, but everything is politics now, right? Sit so here, and they decided to go after him. Yes, it sucks for him. He will probably get out and be released, probably on bail. Right, which will be higher than the man who ran over an 18-year-old boy, I might add you. But this is not a sign for him. This is a sign for you in the audience. If you speak out, if you step out of line, we will turn the full force of the government against you. You had best censor yourself. Before we are forced to censor you. I get. Look. I get letters of intimidation. Right. I get letters of intimidation. And it's like. I'm not stopping. I talk to my wife. When they, when, when they sit here and they slapped us with all the stuff. And they started to affect our credit score. And they started to affect how much money we can pull out of the bank when they started to say and affect our Google accounts. I talked to my wife. I talked to my, I talked to my family and I'm like, what do you want me to do? Cause I can sit here and scream up and down. I'm not going to fucking take it if it's just me. Right. But it's not just me. It affects, it affects the wife too. And my family says they have my back a hundred percent. So I ain't fucking stopping. If you want me, if you want to stop me, you best take me the fuck off the air. Right. All right. So they want to censor you. They want to make you so afraid. And that's what leads to the title of the episode, Fear is the Mind Killer. If you look at what's happening in the world today, you can very easily be overwhelmed for the stuff that they want you to focus on. But they're trying to skew what's your view of what you should be afraid of, right? There are local issues that you can be afraid of and then there are regional issues that you can be afraid of and then there are global issues but for some reason they don't want to focus on the big threat of nuclear war or the freaking famine 
they want to give you stuff. And if you look at what they want you afraid of, it is either shadow, mis uh, mysteriously shadow figures that pull all this hate and power or their forces of nature because they don't want you to feel in control. Look at the stories that we're going to talk about today versus what the media is focusing on. I, I'm a Floridian. And right now we have what's supposed to be a category four, right, <coughs> hurricane, right? It's going to freaking fly right over my house. So uh, I apologize right now on the number of podcast episodes you're probably going to get this week because <laughs> I may not have power. So, but... Uh, well Hold on a second. Now that I'm, if we're going to talk about that for a second, I'd like to mention they said that there was a potential of it actually being a Cat Five when it finally lands. Uh, not, not any of the models I've. I, okay, so they talked about it, and this is what I mean by by uh, fear is the mind killer. Right now, they have most models. If you get an honest uh, meteorologist, will tell you that most models aren't worth shit until you're three days out. Right. We're just about at that three days when it's going to come ashore thing. Right. And the models are still changing. The next model comes out at 11 p.m. tonight. Right. And it's suspected to change the, the pattern again. Right. That it's going to shift a little bit toward the east or a little bit towards the west. And they call it the windshield wiper effect. That it's going to sit here and the track's going to move back and forth until it gets closer to shore. Right. There's still a lot of stuff we don't know about the storm. Right, as it stands right now. But they're going to tell you if you live from Fort Myers, Florida, all the way to Pensacola, oh my God, we're all going to die category five fucking hurricane bullshit. Or it's going to come ashore in Tampa and it's going to, you know, right before it gets on land, it's going to go from a category three to a category one. And then by the time it gets inland, it's going to be a tropical storm. And by the time it reaches Georgia on Friday, it'll be a tropical depression. That is the range of shit that they are telling you right now. They want you to be afraid. Now, anybody who's lived in Florida for since like 2004, 2005, when we got all those, you know, the, the year of fucking four fucking hurricanes that crossed the state in one hurricane season and they were all major hurricanes, right? If you've lived in Florida, you're not, you, you're not super worried about this hurricane. We understand that there is a need to sit here and prepare ahead of time, which is why they tell you, hey, June 1st is the beginning of hurricane season, and they give you a tax break to buy hurricane supplies. There's a reason for that. The reason is they want you to be prepared before the fucking storm comes. And then you get a lot of people who are on vacation, or a lot of people who have just moved here, who uh, are, are panic buying. They're panic buying water. They're panic buying food. They're panic buying gas. They're panic. I mean, they're just totally have no idea what to do, right? If they tell you to evacuate, evacuate. If you've been here a long time and you know what type of storm your house can ride out, then just make sure that you're not moving or staying because of the fear. Just make sure that you understand that you cannot control what the weather does, unless you're the government. And then that's a whole different topic. But 
Mother Nature going to do what Mother Nature going to do? We haven't had a hurricane hit the United States, you know, uh, the, the East Coast or the Gulf Coast at all this year. We've been pretty lucky. The, it's, been you know, bit, it's been a bit slow. Well, yeah, that's because Africa has been throwing out that Sahara dust into the atmosphere. It just chokes any development. This one just waited until it was farther out to go, oh, okay, I'm awake now. So, but you sit here and we have these storms coming. We can't do anything about them, right? And they talk about all of this. They're, they're doing nothing but trying to get you to react off of fear and instinct. Run, hide, lock yourself up. Get your supplies. Panic buy. Panic buy. Panic buy. Evacuate. Look, I know. I know a buddy of mine who lives right where this thing is supposed to come ashore. And he see, he hit me up. He says, "I go. Are you worried about it?" He goes, "Dude, if I lived on the beach, I wouldn't evacuate." I said, "Why?" He goes, "At four dollars a gallon for gas. Fuck that storm." So I mean, <laughs> it does. It's cheaper to go fucking buy plywood and fucking build a new house than it is to fucking evacuate. Because when people start to freak out in the evacuation, you're talking twelve hours on the fucking highway, where you're not moving very much, and gas stations run out of gas all the time in evacuation scenarios. He goes, "I'll fucking just build a new house." What was it? Um, was it Jeff Dunham? Not Jeff Dunham. It might have been Jeff Dunham. He says, y'all need to start investing in, you know, I don't know, some floatable furniture. You know, shit that goes up and down. Robin Williams. That's who it was. He's like, y'all need to start investing in stuff that goes up and down. Not destroyed by the water. Fair. <laughs> so, well, Fair. I mean, that's why a lot of the houses uh, farther south have, they're on stilts. I mean, you're always going to get that one storm that sits here and is like the storm of the century or one that reacts differently. I mean, we had fucking crazy Ivan in 2005, 2006 time frame. Motherfucker went out to sea, turned around, came back, crossed back across Florida, rebuilt itself to hit Florida again. It's like, holy fuck. We, in Florida, we, you know, or... In hurricanes, you have hurricanes that do fucking loop-de-loops to make sure that they get the house that they want to get. I'm just saying. You can't predict these things. It's not worth fucking freaking out and panic buying and being an asshole to your fellow man because they got the last bottle of water and you didn't. Guess what, bitch? You could have started being prepared since June. Or... Sit here and attack the poor service employees who sit here and tell you, I'm sorry, ma'am, you can only buy two cases of water instead of two shopping carts of water because we want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to get it. That is store policy that's not set by the one person at the cash register who informs you that you're a greedy cunt. Just saying. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. So... So they, they they do that. And then they sit here and they talk about, you know, in stuff that you can't change, right? They they sit here and they want you to freak out about, uh, or then they sit here and they add their agenda, right? Or is climate change making hurricane season worse? You notice that they don't do that story earlier, like in August or July, when we didn't have a fucking hurricane. 
They waited till the big fucking scary major hurricane shows up, and then it's like climate change is affecting hurricanes. Okay, so let, let me get this straight. Climate instability, which is the new term, by the way, climate instability yes, is, is causes more hurricanes unless it doesn't, stronger hurricanes unless it doesn't, and no hurricanes unless it doesn't. Got it. We'll just blame everything on climate change. Got it. Sounds about right. Yep. It's it's so hot until it's not. Like they sit here, they were all for that. Fuck it. Everybody's cooking. You know, it already started snowing in fucking Ukraine. Really? <laughs> Wait, that's why the Russians are going so hard. They remember what it's like to try to try to fight somebody in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> They they used it in Stalingrad. It's like, <laughs> like, like, okay. So there's a hurricane coming, and where I'm at, right? Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in September, right? This is usually dog days, hot of summer, right? Ninety five, one hundred degrees, easy, right? Listen to me when I tell you that on Wednesday, my high temperature is supposed to be 65 fucking degrees. It's already cooler here than it usually is. Yeah. I'm in Kentucky. Usually I'm uh, anywhere between 80 to 90 degrees right about now. It is 55 degrees. Look, I'm going to wear shorts when it drops down to 30 degrees for the three days that it will where I live. I'm going to wear shorts because I like the cold weather and everybody else is running around with big, thick fucking jackets at 30 degrees, right? I'm going to, I'm still going to be in shorts, but I tell you what, storm or no storm at 65 degrees, I'm mowing my fucking lawn. I don't give a shit. It's 65 freaking degrees. It's going to be cool. I'm not going to freaking sweat three gallons of water while I mow my lawn. So, yes, I will be mowing my lawn in a fucking hurricane, and I don't give a shit. I'm going to be the Florida guy, just saying, who's mowing his lawn in the middle of a fucking hurricane because it's cool. I never understood why people laughed, or I never understood why people would do that until I moved to Florida. And people would laugh. I used to be one of those people that laughed when you see that crazy motherfucker driving his lawn tractor mowing the lawn in the middle of a hurricane. Because in the summer, it's the only time it's fucking cool. I'm taking that opportunity, damn it. Just saying. It makes so much more sense. It makes so much more sense now. Okay, well, let me put it to you this way. Um, I've had the cabin, what, three years now? Yeah. Because I got it right before I met you. Because it's probably three years. I didn't realize it's been almost two years now. Yeah. But, so, when I was put in the cabin, it was November... And it was 95, right? November, Kentucky, okay. 95. It didn't even, it, it, it got to 95 in August. Global warming, my fucking ass. It's cooler now than it was last year than the year before. Well, see, here's the thing is that <coughs> there are certain things that have fucked up the jet stream. 
Like, the reason that Florida is not going to get hit with a Category 5 hurricane in the middle of the bend is because the storm that came before that fucked up the jet stream so bad that it shoved the cold air way south. Like, down to fucking Florida. Arctic weather should not be this low, but the storm fucked it up. So one is fucking up the other one. That is how weather works. There's this whole change. Now, again, we could go drift. that put how many metric tons of water? 50 million tons of water vapor into the air, which causes it to be hotter. But all of that water in the air has another effect. You have areas where you're going to get an insane amount of rain, right? Which is why Pakistan is fucking in trouble, right? Because right. not only is it about to go fucking Sri Lanka, but they need fucking floaties to go riot at this point. <laughs> I should see the arm floaties. <laughs> I'm here for a revolution. <laughs> but they <laughs> want you <laughs> they want you to be afraid of things you cannot change so that when something comes up that you can you're so paralyzed by fear that you don't. They want you to think that the government, and this is people are guilty of this on the left and the right. They want you to think that the government is so fucking strong that you can't resist, that you shouldn't even try, that you should censor yourself. It's easier to go along to get along. It doesn't affect my family, so I don't care. It doesn't affect my current belief system. I don't care. Look at where that has led us when it comes to censorship. I wasn't Alex Jones. People thought Alex Jones was crazy, so nobody cared when they unpersoned him from the internet. Then we nobody cared about, well, okay, maybe Donald Trump is a bad example. But then they sit here and they went after Gavin. Who's the guy who founded the Proud Boys? Or one of the guys, uh, Gavin. McGinnis, they depersoned him. Milo, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but he used to be gay and now he's not gay. Mysteriously, it's really weird, and I don't care. Galifianakis? No. It starts with a Y, I think. Anyhow, he's, he, it, it doesn't matter, right? They, <laughs> they depersoned him, right? They're pulling people off of the internet. Slowly but surely, they want the dissenting voices. If they really thought that their views were legit, if they really had the power that everybody has attributed to them, they wouldn't have to censor and lie and cheat and steal so bad. If they were really all-powerful, they wouldn't freak out when Italy decides that they sit here and they want to put a, a right-wing candidate in. And she wins. The EU said that if the election doesn't go the way they want, they have tools. Because everybody took money from the UN, from the EU, to help keep their countries afloat during COVID. So now they all owe them favors. Which is why Poland got attacked. Which is why all these other places, if they step out of line, they get fucking put in their place. Now they're threatening to do it with Italy. They're using the term fascist. That she's a Mussolini disciple. You know, 10 years ago, 
10 years ago, her speech that she gave in 2019, the one I shared with you, right? That's from 2019, right? The speech that she gave in 2019 would have been considered common sense. 20 years ago, it would have been considered leftist leaning. Now, it's right alt far or far right wing uh, fascist ideology. And this is how the world has shifted. The reason that I like her doesn't have to do with her politics. The reason I like her is because the European Union, the elites that we see here and we that are undeniably evil, despise her and are afraid of her talking points. The left thinks that she's a fucking fascist. And the Q people think that she's WEF and Rock uh, uh, Rothschild fucking baby. Right? Part of the Aspen uh, Aspen brain brain trust, right? <laughs> they hate her. Everybody hates this woman except for the majority of Italians because she's pro-Italy. She's pro-family. Uh, she's pro-common sense. She's anti-LGBTQ uh, rhetoric being pushed on children. She's, you know... Is it bad that I like her simply because... Well, nobody else does. <laughs> like, all these people hate her. I'm like, I like it. I like you. That's my logic. If you're pissing off everybody, you're doing the right job. Pretty much. In that right tier. You're really good at that one. <laughs> even, even my cat's a dick. Fair, fair, fair. All right, so let's talk about the the news that, like, they see here and they... They, they see her, they talk about all of these things that you cannot change, but they're not going to pay attention to the things that you can. They're not going to, pro, they're not going to sit here and, and focus on the things that, to let you know that they're losing. They're only going to tell you stuff that makes them seem more powerful, that pushes their agenda. Italy is going right wing. As the left says, fascist, right? They sit here and uh, people are rising up all over the world against their governments because they're tired of being squished. They don't tell that story. They don't tell the story of the, the, the farmers in the Netherlands that are resisting tyranny. They don't tell you about the people in Canada who are still protesting for for their God-given rights. They don't tell you about the victories. They don't tell you about the fact that that unjust laws are being struck down. They only tell you the stuff that fits their agenda. Heaven forbid you understand that you can fight back. Well, they don't want you to, to think that there's any glimmer of hope. Because if you think there's a glimmer of hope, it's something we discussed the other night. If you think that there is a glimmer of hope, you will not act. Right? Remember you were talking about that? If you thought that there was a glimmer of hope... And a survival situation. That's yeah, that's the normalcy bias. Yeah, the normalcy bias. Well, here, if they give you a glimmer of hope, you will act. It's the exact opposite. Well, when it, you can't escape from your cage if you don't realize there's a door. I still, I, st I still stand by the whole. If you give somebody hope that it could change on its own, that they won't act. Even if it's 99% that you're going to get crushed by tyranny, if you have that one that it could fix itself, 
they're not, they're not they're gonna sit by and they're gonna take it. Well, let me word it a different way then. Like if you give they don't want these stories put out because these people are the people that have decided that they're gonna take it in their own hands to change shit. Yeah. To us, that's hope. To yeah, you yeah, and me, okay. to you and yeah. me, that's hope. But most people hope is oh, we'll just vote and it'll fix itself. So let's talk about the news of the day. Talking about fear is the mind killer. Now, remember, I don't give you these stories so that you be afraid. I give you these stories that you can, so that you can prepare. Now, I'm a big picture guy, right? I look at stuff that happens all over the world. I subscribe to all of the secret newsletters on the left and the right and the middle, all, all of them, right? Secular, Christian, pagan, all of them. And I, I, I pick the stories that I can verify, right? Which is why... We didn't necessarily talk about the Xi Jinping thing, right, in China, because it was I couldn't confirm it, right. That's why we didn't talk about it, right. right. It is entirely possible, and and nobody can still confirm it, right. The only thing that it makes sense to me at this point, because remember they took anti Xi Jinping people the day that this story broke, and they sentenced them to death three of them to death. You would think that if there was a coup against Xi Jinping, those three would be the ones you'd want to save. Nope. I think what happened is that he came back from Uzbekistan and he has to quarantine because they got that whole China. That's why nobody's seen him. Right? He's got to do that whole quarantine when he comes back from traveling thing. Or he wants to take a fucking vacation and he doesn't care. But let's, <laughs> let, let's talk about the news. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, Congress first, right? So the GSA announces three lo three possible new locations for the new FBI headquarters, right? Uh, the uh, Government Services Agency right, reported that they have a selection process. They're trying to look. They want to put the FBI headquarters in a more rural area. It's already baked into the... Um, it's already baked into the budget, so at this point they're just picking. So it's not really a huge story. It's just you know they want to move it into a, a suburban area. Probably they don't want to keep everything in DC. All right. The SCOTUS is set to uh, next term. Their nine month term is uh, scheduled to start in, in October. And this should be interesting because apparently uh, they're doing disputes over the Clean Water Act, the Voting Rights Act, and Harvard's infamous race card admissions policy. Now, I worry about them starting up right before the midterm election is that a lot of people are still pissed off about Roe v. Wade. But when you throw in stuff like the Voting Rights Act that they're debating... I guarantee that they're going to there. There's going to be demonstrations outside of uh, the Supreme Court. The Voting Rights Act, by the way, is uh, Alabama versus some uh, voters. Alabama sits here, and you know how they do the gerrymandering, where they redistrict all the yeah the the different districts, and whatever side is in power tends to make it favor them. Right. <laughs> so apparently the reason that they're all upset is that Alabama only has one predominantly black district within the state. 
And the voting rights people believe that there should be at least two. And Alabama went, well, even if we were to agree to that, we're not going to do it right before the midterm elections. That's not fair. So expect that one. But that is, again, um, the danger with what happened in 2020 is not just the fact that they we allowed them to change so many rules right before, right? Right. They didn't allow it to be secure, but we allowed them to know that they could make changes on an emotional basis, right? That's what it was. And we did it because we were all scared of COVID. Yep. Did it because we were all scared of one thing or another. Um, by doing that, we've opened up a whole can of worms. These people are going to keep going and keep going and keep going. That's why you're a big picture, and I'm like that one little thing that's like I've got a thread and I keep pulling on it. I get it. I pull on threads too. It's just usually I, I, I rip the rug apart to do it. But anyhow, so so let's talk about uh global what would you green. Consider what I do. I oh, just no, burn you... the rug. <laughs> I just burn No, it. no, no. You will tug it until the rug sits here and goes, hey fucker. And then you're like, fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about shit that uh that you should prepare about, right? A report just came out that said the global grain inventories are at a 10-year low, increasing the risk of famine. Weather patterns. Now, remember, we talked about global global climate change. Now, remember, the danger of having increased temperatures is that you get a drought, right? You get a a drought, and then you get torrential downfall because the air can only hold so much water, right? right? But when ground is dry, it doesn't absorb the water. It becomes hydrophobic, which causes flooding. Flooding then causes famine. Famine then causes disease. Right. So they're having and uh, they're looking at the 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 heating temperatures with the continued drought, which will then release uh, reduce grain yields again next year. Right. So. Right now, they're talking that over 500 million people will be on the edge of famine this year, this winter. So add that to the fact that you have countries like Canada, Germany, Netherlands, the United States, that want to limit the amount of fertilizer that, that you use, thereby reducing yields again, right? And the fact that you sit here and uh, you have all these weird uh, weather stuff going on, right? You're looking at a, a year and we don't have any more reserves, right? And add to the fact that China's not sending us no more stuff on boat. As a matter of fact, they're militarizing their uh, civilian fleet, right, uh, of ships. You know, those 10, you know, that those 10,000 ships that are parked off the coast of China that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. So they have started to militarize them. But add all of that together and the fact that we're out of reserves and then next year will be even worse. So you're looking at 500 million this winter. Imagine what it's going to be a year from now and pray that wars happens first. We already talked about the hurricane. That you shouldn't freak out about it. Uh, 
How about this one? Major banks are reviewing contingency plans for a China-Taiwan conflict. They learn, uh, banks have learned their lessons from the Russian conflict, right? Uh, U.S. and international banks for the past few months have reviewed contingency plans for potential conflict with China and Taiwan. Uh, insurance underwriters are also turning down contracts for businesses that take effect there. Now, I I showed you that video in our chat that talked about the uh, that what happens when a country defaults, right? How China will take all of the companies and all of this because they hold the majority of our debt, right? Or the majority of debt that's owned by foreign countries, right? That if we default, by the way, that vote is coming up, right? To increase the, the debt ceiling again, right? So September 30th, no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know what date. I have to go look it up. But it's coming up uh, for the next fiscal year, right? So with that being said, if the U.S. defaults on it, right, that means that China can then seize, unofficially seize, all of the companies that are over in China. So most... Yeah. Oh, that's fucking great. So then you have the U.S. financial officials who are concerned with escalating sanctions. Uh they're, they're more concerned about sanctions than they are about a U.S.-China war, right? Because U.S. banks have $57 billion of Chinese financial exposure at the end of 2021. It's higher now, right? So, I'm just thinking, how many companies do we have? Well, I, okay, let's be honest. Going to any store, you would buy anything. And it'll say made in China in it. So all those companies have either factories or facilities in China. And if we default, they can capture all of that. There goes whatever little shit we had left. Well, that's actually coming. Uh, I couldn't find an article on it, but Monkey Works was talking about it. How the amount of uh, Amazon air shipping is starting to decline. And the reason that it's starting to decline is because... Uh, China is starting to limit what gets shipped to us. So essentially, you're going to start to see if they can't, like we already know that they're not shipping it by water anymore, right? Because they're right. pissed at us. Now they're going to stop or they're going to start limiting what gets flown over. So the stuff that would have just been expensive as shit because, right? Right. Expensive as shit because they sit here and um, flew it. Now it's going to be so expensive that they are. You won't even be able to buy it no matter how much money you have because it won't be available at all. That's what I meant. So, yay. We became a consumer instead of a producer. This, this happens. This yep. is what's to be expected when you no longer produce on your own, then you can get locked in. They don't have to. It used to be the reason they wouldn't pick a fight with us is because they couldn't beat us militarily. That's changed. And now they also can beat us when it comes to economy. Fair. So there's no way, there's no way for us to win. There is a way to win. War always has a tendency to bring out the true strength of, of America. 
but I prefer not to go to war to do it. <laughs> Fair. All right, so let's talk about the war. Let's talk about the stuff bef- around that area before we actually get into that area. So Estonia, uh, Poland has started to distribute the... Uh, oh, that reminds me. If you're prepping to get potassium iodide, get it immediately because a lot of the prepper places are and uh, places online realtors are saying that uh, potassium iodine is being purchased in large, large quantities in the United States or in the United States. The government is starting to buy it up. Just one more thing. Right. So then you have Poland who is handing out the uh, anti-radiation tablets, the potassium iodide to children in schools. Right. And Estonia is warning of Baltic blackouts and is starting to teach their citizens how to flush the toilets without water. The Estonian prime minister accused Russia of planning to disrupt power in the Baltic nations and shared electrical grid. Uh, So Russian officials said they would delay a series of planned tests in its Kalingrad uh, enclave, which runs on a network also shared by the Baltic nations. So if they can ever find a way to get Kalingrad so that it's attached directly to Russia, the Baltic nations are done. Now, the Baltic nations have taken steps to end reliance on Russian energy and stopped importing electricity. The countries depend on Russia to maintain a balance across shared networks. Estonian officials warned that a sudden disconnection of Russia from the grid would trigger a cascading power failure and cause blackouts that could last from hours to days. Viewing the delay of scheduled tests as the first step towards Russian weaponization of the grid. Joy. Well, don't forget that also creates gray zones, right? Their their uh, gray zones are uh, that for those of you in the audience who are unfamiliar with that particular term, gray zones are attacks that you do that aren't overtly military, but aren't necessarily pure as the driven snow innocent. So economy, infrastructure, like uh, electricity. Yeah, power. Yeah, stuff like um, that. Or like what they're doing right now, and that's with the whole fucking uh, I control all the oil, so y'all can fuck off. Or natural gas. And the oil, yeah. <laughs> so, China has started to call for negotiation settlements in Ukraine, right? Now, why does that... To me, that sounds like a fucking trap. And here, here's what I mean by that. China is going to back Russia no matter what. They have agreed to that. Right. They want to take out the West. They want to take out the United States. So they're going to back China, or they're going to back Russia no matter what. But China wants a seat at the international table more. Right? So if they pretend to be the good guys while still backing up Russia's play, they can come out as the good guys. They they came to the table. They they understand American heroism, right? Where we're the good guys. We're the big boys. We're going to come in and we're going to talk like adults and we're going to make all the kids sit at the kiddie tables and we're going to sit here and we're going to talk this line. out and we're going to get it done, right? The United States is not in that position right now because we're 
funneling, openly funneling money and equipment to Ukraine. China is not openly doing shit. China can come in and go, I don't have a side on, I don't have something on either side. We just want to play this political game of de-escalation and then we're seen as the good guys and America is the aggressor. Do you want to know why I think that's their plan? Because Ukraine, Zelensky has already said that unless all of his demands are met, he won't even go to the uh, to the table for negotiations. All of them. That's not, that's not a negotiation. He says, unless you give me every bit of land that you're threatening to annex, plus Crimea that you took in 2014, we're not even going to the negotiating table. That's not a negotiation. That's an ultimatum. Yeah. But they're calling it that, 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 that's, he won't go to the negotiating table unless they agree to that. So the calls for peaceful negotiations should not be viewed as going against their Russian allies. It's to help it legitimately consolidate to territorial gains and provide a golden bridge to end the conflict on Russia's terms. Then we have well, Pakistan. Any, well, oh, we'll think about this for a second. The reason why that's not going against them is because even Russia, Russia's willing to fight. They don't give a shit, right? They are willing to fight. They're willing to take that loss, right? The, the loss of human life, loss of you know, infrastructure in order to get what they want. They are willing to. But no matter how despotic, no matter how you know tyrannical, or no matter how bad you think a group is, if they can get something easier, they're going to. Because what they want is the land, and they want the people in the land, if they can. Yeah, so because, because the Russians understand... The Russians understand that if I'm going to lose a million people through conventional warfare or I'm going to lose a million people via nuclear warfare, I'm still losing a million people. But if they can take it the easy way and if they can let if China comes in and goes, hey, look, like how many times have you and I done this in a situation where, you know, we're going to go talk to so and so. Right. Or we're going to address so and so because, you know, you can handle it better than I can or I can handle it better than you could. That right. doesn't happen very often, but um, we do. People do it on a small scale all the time. All China is doing is they're going to make it as easy and profitable as possible, but they're still willing to be like, "Yeah, we'll fucking nuke all of you." And the best part is, is that Russia then gets to play that they're the crazy Russian with the nuclear weapons. Let me read you this story. Ready? The Russian media has just announced that nuclear war is inevitable. Russia state-controlled media broadcasts say coming nuclear war with NATO is a given as the West pushes us into a corner, warning everyone will be destroyed. Russian pundits who portray the West as nuclear aggressors say Russia does not want a nuclear winter or nuclear war, saying Western media has misbetrayed Putin's comments. Pundits said if the West doesn't cease its threats, nuclear will, will become a reality, and we, Russia, will have the power to destroy you. Well, they That's what they're saying. Not to play into the whole Russia evil stereotype, but let's be honest. Between us and them, if when it comes to our nuclear agreement about destroying nukes, I think we're the only ones that did. <laughs> let's be honest. Well, it's kind of like 
China having the straight up balls to sit here and go, America needs to do more to help the environment at the UN while just announcing that they want to increase the amount of coal plants that they have in their own fucking country. <laughs> you got to give it to them. The lion, the witch, and the audacity of these bitches. Fair. Alright, so let's do Pakistan. Pakistan is about to go the way of uh, fucking Sri Lanka. Which is scary as shit because if you think about it, they're a nuclear country. Pakistan's economy has been on the edge of sovereign debt defaults for a, a while, right? They're on their, what, fifth finance man minister in four years, or less than four years, right? Plus, they have a flooding crisis that's killed over 1,500 people and caused $30 billion in damages. It's also dealing with two insurgencies with, hold on, Tariq, a Taliban Pakistani, and the Belochistan Liberation Army. They just lost another finance minister, right? It's a sign that efforts to stave off the debt default may have collapsed. And that dude got the shit out, right? He's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> so then you sit here and you have... Uh, so... So if they go the way of Sri Lanka, that's bad. But the fact that they have nuclear weapons as well is really bad. <laughs> because when he the dude quit on Saturday, nobody expected it. You know, I'm curious. Time for Chum to say something weird, crazy, or maybe just downright down the fucking looking glass. Let's go. Uh, walk with me down this rabbit hole for a second. What if... Oh, good. I have a rabbit hole, too. Let's see if they match. Alright, go ahead. So, so what if that's kind of fits in perfectly? If Pakistan has a a coup like Sri Lanka, but the Pakistan has a nuclear army or nuclear arsenal, you get one of the, the you know rabid extremists that gets a hold of Pakistan, right? They they get a hold of the nukes and they start launching because you know for a fact if any of the if any of the Al Qaeda guys gets a hold of a nuke they're fucking launching it the instant they get a hold of it. Okay, well hold on. Now I think that's an I I don't think that's a possibility and here's why: the number of white Christian males in Pakistan is almost zero, and we all know that they are the cause of every evil thing that's ever oh, happened on the up. planet. <laughs> Oh, shut the fuck up. Uh, okay, no, but no, what, tell me though. You know for a fact, if Al Qaeda, if any Al Qaeda member, anybody that has that leaning, any of the extremists gets in control, they're going to launch. Yeah. It depends on probably. where they launch, but it depends on where they launch. Uh, my bet would be they would either launch at India because they hate them almost as much as they hate the Israelis. So it's like one's closer. But they're well, it's launch. not like they have one, they have a whole bunch of them. So they'd be like, okay, we're going to send. Some to India, some to Israel, and the rest to the great Satan. I mean, wouldn't you? Like, it would make sense, right? Yep. That's always been one of the biggest fears of everyone. Despite the side of this particular conflict, everyone is terrified that one of these extremists will get a hold of a nuke because they would they would blow it up, and they're indiscriminate. Don't give a fuck. 
Where, but what if what if they're letting them get in control and launching one to justify a nuclear war? Possible. As a retaliation. Now, is Pakistan part of BRICS right now? I have no idea. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe because India is not. Or India is part of it, but not really part of it. They're part of a like SCO or something. So, but, think about it, but it's not that crazy to think that if, if one of the extremists, it's not like Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, okay, yeah, it sucks, but it's not really going to affect the world as a whole. You get one of those nut jobs and give him the buttons to a bunch of fucking nukes, he's going to hit that before he's going to blow his holy load before anybody, the dust even settles. Well, here here's the problem is that. It is only when you look back in the history of dirty bombs and stuff like that, right, that, you know, we've been told that we know exactly who launched it. Yeah, the the investigation to find out where that uranium actually came from takes months, right? So when a missile gets launched, say it comes from Pakistan, right? Uh, they sit here and they launch a couple at Israel, right? Because... They're, you know, death to Israel type of thing, right? So they sit here and they they launch them, right? Israel's not going to sit here and wait around and go, well, it was some terrorist organization in Pakistan. They're going to be like, fucking destroy Iran! Because... That's the funny part, because it would be Pakistan to launch, and they would launch directly at Iran. Israel. Would. Oh, don't get me wrong. They would sit here and go after Pakistan, too, but they would be... Now's our chance. They're fucking trying to nuke us. We're going to take them out. Because you realize, like, one nuclear weapon and Israel's gone. So they're not playing that fucking game. They would they would throw three of their nukes at Syria just for shits and giggles. And Syria's like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> like, all, you're all allies. That, that's how it goes. I'm just saying. Much. Okay, and then as soon as and then as soon as Israel launches theirs, Iran's gonna launch theirs, Turkey's gonna launch theirs, Greece is gonna launch theirs. Yeah. Do you remember in the nineties that little hand drawn cartoon that came out? It's the end of the world. We're about nukes flying left and right. It's like <laughs> and everybody else is gonna be you know blown to hell except for Australia. Fucking kangaroos. But I mean, that's what's gonna happen. One gets launched, right? It's not like the movies where they're all like, oh, oh we, we killed it before we, we hit the, 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 what, what, the kill switch or whatever, and it fell into the ocean. It's not like that. It would launch. They would notify, hey, a nuke has been launched. And the next thing you know is every arsenal on this planet is going to be like, fuck you. Pretty much. That's why I'm terrified of nuclear war. That's why I'm worried about it because I know if one flies, one is all it takes. And it doesn't even necessarily have to fly. If one goes off somewhere, that is all the excuse. I don't. I don't necessarily buy into the uh, the the Mad Protocol mutually assured destruction. And, and here's why I don't. Right? We'll take Ukraine. Right? If Russia no wants to, if Russia wants to make a point, right? They could send into a field in Ukraine, right? A small yield nuclear weapon, which would cause the markets around the world to utterly fucking implode. A small tactical warhead. 
say one megaton, smaller than what they used in Hiroshima and Nagasaki in the middle of a fucking forest that nobody's ever going to see or see the fallout or anything from and detonate it, and the whole world fucking loses its shit, right? But they're not going to launch a nuclear weapon if there was no fucking target. It was just a show of force, right? Uh, now, now, yes, now gonna... the United States says, fuck it, we're going to go because our economy is going to fucking crash anyhow. We might as well make it a war economy like that. Because if anybody knows how to turn on the fucking war economy, it's fucking the United States. Make bombs! Yes! <laughs> okay, I'm going to fall into it. <laughs> Wait, they've got oil? Smells like they need freedom. <laughs> well, I mean, America. What's that country that found all the fucking uh, diamonds recently? I think they need freedom too. <laughs> they aligned with Russia. Little birdie told me. Tweet. Yeah, think about this. Like, okay, moving a tactical nuke into a place like that, not launching it, but moving one in, maybe, maybe not. But if a nuke goes off, like they launch a nuke. I don't think it'll matter at that point. I think everybody's going to look at the person they've been wanting to blow up for the last six generations and go, fuck you. <laughs> That's how it's going to go. That and Russia announced that they have developed EMP nukes that they could sit here and throw off. Have you ever wondered why Russia has decided to cut off the grid connections to Ukraine and the grid connections to the nuclear reactors? Because if they sit here and set off an EMP in Ukraine, Right, no radiation, <laughs> but it sits here and it blows all of all of the electronics in Ukraine, except for the shit that's not connected to the grid. So Russia doesn't hurt itself. There's no nuclear fallout, and Ukraine is shut the fuck down. They have already announced the EMP, but here's here's my rabbit hole. All right, okay. the the protests that are currently going on in Iran were started by the US government. Don't you okay. find it don't you find it interesting that when Iran sides with Russia and China and decides that they're going to get fighters for drones and drones are starting to whoop the shit out of fucking Ukraine, right? Iranian drones that all of a sudden we get this mysterious uprising of you know of uh, uh, of women who decide that they're not going to wear the hijab in Iran and it's well, created this story. unrest everywhere and they're all attacking the Iranian government not just in Iran but they're attacking the Iranian embassies in London in France all over the world they're attacking the Iranian embassies because they're pushing a Western ideal. Just, you don't find that strange? Not to mention the pictures of the blonde people that are supposedly cutting their hair in Iran. Just, Let me be honest. That is a common tool for the United States to use. Yeah, John Bolton fucking admitted that shit not that long ago. <laughs> so I mean, it's not that big of a surprise. That's my. I don't think I, I. don't think that's a rabbit hole. Oh, I have pictures of some of the women who have cut their hair. 
in okay, Iran. I I saw some some pictures. And I'm going that 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 bitch is from Detroit. Like I mean that 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 is not an Iranian. Because it's more of those uh, white skin, blonde, blue eyed. Now, if, now, if it was 1950s Iran, where it was, you know, before we did the whole Shah of Iran and you know that right. guy, right? That where it was a destination spot, and I had seen blonde hair. Like when when the fundamentalists took over, if they had cut their hair, then I could I could get with that. Well, right? it makes sense, right? Yeah, but now. You know what's funny to me? If you were when you look back at the fifties and the look at fifties and sixties Iran, it doesn't look like all that different from like California. It does not. It does not. Like I was surprised. Like you sit there, you think, oh, I'm thinking, you know, Muslim shithole, right? No offense to any Muslims listening, I don't really care, but you you think places like Iraq, you think the the war torn, you know, everybody's wearing the hajib, whatever else. But no, I mean they they had a more liberal lifestyle than California did at the time. Yeah. It's just weird to me. So let me let me talk about some low intensity conflict. Now uh stuff that's happening in the United States, just so that you can be prepared. Um basically I have found a source for uh Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and protests in general, uh, like uh, Defend the Atlanta Forest. Uh, it's a far-left activist group. Defend the Atlanta Forest. Harass the president and division manager of the general contractor building Cop City multiple times at their homes. All right. So <laughs> Defend the Forest continues to conduct activism <clears throat> through intimidation. The arrests that are made by police don't seem to stop people from joining their movement. Why? Because to defend the Atlanta Forest Group suggests that they may be using them as martyrs. Or you have the Elmer Geronimo Pratt Gun Club. Right? They're an armed black identitarian group held up a march for reparations with the foundational black Americans movement in Austin, Texas over the weekend. Right. Armed men wore black masks, the AR-15 slung, the activists chanted, guns up, fight back, fists up, fights back, and other slogans. Right? The gun club is named after Black Panther Party leader most active in the 1950s and 60s. In addition to armed activities and promotion of the Second Amendment, the group was heavily focused on community outreach. They've acted as a food bank for black homeless people in San Antonio, giving out water in Jackson, Mississippi, and are pairing with a large movement pushing for reparations. You had me up until reparations, man. <laughs> Just saying. I'd love to disagree, but yeah. I mean, they. I I, I get that I, people I, don't I, like I, the I, Black I Panther do. leader. I, that people don't like the Black Panther party. But let's be honest. We don't. We don't care, or I don't care if you want to be pro-black as long as you don't get mad at me when I decide I want to defend my own race, right? Does that make sense? And if you're going to sit here and you're going to to help promote Second Amendment and armed activities, you know, you're going to focus on community outreach and you're going to act as a food bank for black homeless people in San Antonio, give out water, right, and preparing for larger movement 
you know, if you want to help the community, I'm all for that. You want to stand for your rights, the Second Amendment? I'm I'm for that. But the moment that you start wanting to start throwing reparations, none of you were slaves. Your parents weren't slaves. You don't know anybody who was a slave. I and you don't know anybody who owned a slave. So well, I want to know how you're gonna figure. Well, okay, did you see the video that Baby Girl posted? Uh no. Okay, so they were doing a um. What, what was going on is they were doing an interview and they asked this girl, like, would you ever, black girl, would you ever date a white girl? He goes, no, and it, it's not because I'm racist, but I'm very proud of my black bloodline and I want to keep it pure. I have seen that one, not on hers, but I have seen that video. And the, the, the guy started just ripping it. She's like, not to be racist. He's like, could you imagine a white guy saying this? Fair. I want to keep, I want to keep my white line pure. Like we literally, we literally crucify people for this. Like in the media and everywhere, we literally crucify them for saying something remotely similar. But it's okay because you can't be racist if you're a minority. Fair. Well, I mean, if you think about it, people who want to get married, right, settle down and have a family, right? There's not skin color doesn't play into one of the top choices. No. You know what I mean? It is somebody who's compatible with my beliefs, somebody who has the same temperament that I do, or one that you can sit here and that you're compatible with, right? Color doesn't fit into the equation for most people. Now, for guys who just want to get laid, color means even less. Because <laughs> they just want to get laid. All right, so let's... 80 pulse optional. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about uh, protests and shit that are going on, and and when we talk about the the uh, violence in politics or that you know protests and the reason that when it happens and it's committed by right wing people, everybody points it out and has to save the date because it doesn't happen very often, right? Right, but the left. There are entire databases. Here, let me give you some right now. Atlanta, Georgia. Today, activity. Far less activists plan a trans, queer, anarchist ritual reclamation for Defend the Forest Atlanta. Right. So what, 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 what is Defend the Forest in Atlanta? I, I already said that. Uh, they are a activist group that uh, uses activism through intimidation. Yeah, but what's, what forest is in Atlanta? That's what I'm curious. About. I don't know. It's I'm a not... fucking stupid name. <laughs> How about this? In New York, far less abortion rights activists are organizing carnival protests outside of St. Patrick's Cathedral against the 40 Days for Life Mass. So the Catholic Church there, St. Patrick's, uh, Patrick's Cathedral, is having a mass in their building. But you are so pissed off that protesters are encouraged to bring noisemakers, drums, musical instruments, and colorful outfits to disrupt the mass. You want to know how the crusades happen? Stop the Christians from fucking praying or singing in their church and force them to go outside. That's how fucking 
Never mind. So, all right. Portland, Oregon. Far less activists coordinate a rally and speak out to demand the cancelization of all student debt. Rally organizers by party for socialism and liberalization, liberal, liberation of Portland. That's just today. Right? Okay. Let, they want to cancel student debt, which they just admitted is not going to cost what they told us. Now they expect it's going to cost $400 billion. But at the but, same time, you have veterans on TikTok, the real bearded, I can't remember his whole, uh, is, is telling people and, and giving examples and showing veterans who are losing money this month mysteriously and they don't know why. We have a nation, we have an administration that just told soldiers that if they can't afford to eat, that they should go on food stamps. Well, at the same time, telling people you're going to pay ten thousand dollars of student debt to people who couldn't, who who probably shouldn't have gone to college in the first fucking place, but don't know how to fucking manage their money, and 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 I get it, people have student debt for various reasons. They don't fucking care if you're telling a soldier who's willing to put his life on the line that he has to go on food benefits so that you can get your student. Your student loans paid for, or that we're going to send forty billion dollars to fucking Ukraine every week? Fuck hey, all the way off. No, no. Let me make this a little worse for you. You know what I do for a living, right? Yeah. So I get to look at different things back and forth a lot. You do realize that they tell them get on food stamps, but they pay them enough on paper that they will not qualify for food stamps. Yeah, well, the food stamps requirement is different from state to state. But yes, I, I get what you're saying. No, I mean, like, they're above almost every single state. They're above it. Not with a family. No, a lot of them they are. No, no, no. Because when it comes to food stamps, right, when it comes to food stamps, uh, you don't have to claim BHA or combat pay or hazard pay. In the calculations, because it's not consistent. It's just your base pay. $21,000 is underneath the poverty line to apply for food stamp benefits with a family. Yeah, but I'm, I'm telling you, I've been watching, because I've had to listen to a bunch of them when they were, when they were coming through on, well, never mind. If I say that, it's going to give away some of my work. I was listening to a bunch, and what they were running into is the fact that they were making too much. And not by a, not by a lot, but maybe by about five five hundred to a thousand dollars too much. Yeah. So even their soundbite of "It's okay, we'll take care of you. You can go on food stamps" is still a lie. It makes it's them look thing. shitty. But it, yeah. So all right. So uh, I don't want to talk about those stories. Uh, uh, and I get you're right. There are a lot of states like in California. Or Hawaii or places like that, there are that would be perfectly fine. Most of those actually have a high enough income that they can get away with it, right? The 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 high enough income cutoff for food stamps. But if you have a place like Kentucky, that is extremely lowered. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, uh, like most of the military bases, like the big ones, like Virginia, Florida, Texas, California, those types of areas, they have high cost of livings anyhow. So they're be below it. But yeah, the people in the smaller states, they're getting fucked. Because their cost of living is adjusted. You mentioned something about the soldiers. Well, so, uh, imagine this. as I hadn't seen that. And I think you're talking about the real red bearded. Um, I know. I know who we're talking about. Um, he went with. He went against uh, DJ Bunny about the whole caption thing. I have no idea because I'm not paying I, that I much think, attention. Well, I think that's who it is. But you mentioned that there were uh, troops that were losing pay mysteriously. Or veterans are losing pay mysteriously. With my other line of work, right? There are people losing their social security benefits randomly. They're just being cut off. Yeah. And then it comes back. But then it takes about a month and a half for their Medicare benefits to come back on. Yeah, that's what I worry about because I'm on a fixed income. If that was to happen, I'd be fucked. <laughs> it's rough. So we will, we will skip the doom and gloom of the majority of the stories that I have today, because we're already over an hour when we're talking about the fear thing, and and let's not contribute to it. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say either that or realize that we may not be able to record once the storm hits. Uh, no, that's fine. Uh, we can still record tomorrow. Yeah, I have a backup battery for my phone, so. <laughs> So if I have to record on phone, I can. I just won't be able to publish it till I get power back. So we can do that. So with that, we'll talk about the war. We'll talk about uh, the the whole Ukrainians or uh, soldiers are reportedly eating uh, Russian. I saw that. So. I saw that one. That freaked me out. What about the hybrid baby? Nah, it doesn't worry me as much as the, the people eating people. You don't think it's creepy that they're making hybrid bird people? No, because I kind of kind of like the idea of... I, I see it as a futuristic sci-fi version of the birds. Have you... <laughs> Wait. Attack of the birds. Wait, no, that's not good. <laughs> I, 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 think I, so. I was kind of hoping you were going to go... The first, you know, the, the Maximum Ride books where they sit here and they, they make the genetic uh, bird people, right? I, I was I was leaning more towards the fact that Nancy Pelosi's already a harpy. I think it's just poetic that we're actually going to have harpies. <laughs> All right. Uh, and with that, uh, I'm Odin. This is Tears. And we'll see you on another episode of Winter's Call Podcast. You are. <laughs>